Achieving Clarity podcast. My name is Ben Morley, an Air Force pilot turned consultant. Each episode, you will hear actionable tips and strategies that you can implement in your daily life, personal and professional, to achieve more clarity, purpose, and effectiveness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let's jump in to your daily dose of practical clarity training. Hello again, and welcome to the Achieving Clarity podcast with me, Ben Morley. I hope this finds you doing well. I wanted to talk to you about the superpower called creativity that you, yes you, have. There is no such thing as a creative type. Every human is a creative type. I think if we fall into the assumption that there are specific creative types, then it is not too far before we get into assuming they are creative, I am not, that I missed out on that gene, but I wish I was creative. It is a danger to start narrowing down the definitions of creative people as those that are on the stage, they that act or sing or write songs or perform or do artistic work. It is wrong to think these are the creatives and the rest of us are just mere mortals. Human beings would not have survived as a species if we were not creative. Finding creative ways to survive and develop innovative ways to get through the day, stay warm and dry and fed and sheltered. We are a creative species and God made sure of that from day one. You have to be creative to live life, create a family, create relationships, to flourish into the decorating of a home, choosing a wardrobe, showing hospitality, choosing a hairstyle doing a great job at work, enjoying your job. Anything and everything we do becomes subject to some degree of creativity. But manifesting your creativity can oftentimes be a brutiful endeavor. Brutiful is the combination of the two words brutal and beautiful. Both of those words are a fundamental part of the creative process. But what no one tells us is that the brutality part of creativity is usually so brutal, so disheartening, so discouraging, so unrewarding, that the beautiful things that are in all of us that are ready to flow out simply do not get their chance. Because the brutal part of creativity can be so harsh that we choose to quit, we give up, we second guess, we question ourselves and our ideas, so that our creative flow never happens. Occasionally, you will hear from a great artist, a great author like J.K. Rowling, who, I think, eight times had her first edition of Harry Potter rejected by publishers. Two of those rejection letters she has now published online, by the way. We think back now on those rejection letters from 20 years ago and contrast it with the massive success of the Harry Potter series worldwide and the success J.K. Rowling has enjoyed from it. But when she was sending her draft of the book to publishers, she was a broke single parent living in an apartment that she could not afford to heat and pay rent on. She wrote the first Harry Potter in a coffee shop in Edinburgh, Scotland, and she went there because she could not afford to heat her own apartment. She now gives a huge shout out to the coffee shop in Edinburgh to thank them for tolerating her. Can you imagine the brutality of that setting? Many of you may be in that type of setting or a version of it now. 
to put all of that work together and eventually have it rejected is what I mean by the brutality of the creativity she had to endure. This is why it can be hard for people to maintain a creative flow. We know life is both brutal and beautiful simultaneously at the same time. I think one of the keys in life is accepting that both are okay in their time. Ecclesiastes writes, There is a time for war and a time for peace, a time to gather and a time to scatter. And the writer sums up that everything is beautiful in its time. Even the brutality is beautiful in its time. The bitter, the sweet, the good, the bad, the beautiful, the ugly, the triumph, the tragedy. They are all bound to be part of our creative life, too. It is our ability to see purpose in all things rather than interpret the brutality of creativity and the resistance we feel as a reason not to continue. Or see these as signs telling us, quote, you should not be attempting this, so the book never gets written, and the piece of work never gets produced, and the entrepreneurial idea never gets invented. Because we interpreted the resistance as, you're not good at this, you never will be, so you quit. The ego is implicit in all of this. The ego is creativity's bodyguard. The ego's job is to protect your identity. However, the identity it is protecting is a flawed and false identity. So when anything about your persona, your identity, your role, your title, your security, when any of that is threatened by the possibility of your creativity being rejected, questioned, misunderstood, or judged, your ego tells you, don't do that, do not be vulnerable, do not tell them that, do not share that. So the ego is very involved in protecting you from the brutality of the judgment that can come when you eventually share your ideas with people. So you have to know that the ego is trying to put a layer of protection between you and what other people think about your ideas and your creativity. You have to dismantle the ego, not be attached to it, in order to get beyond the fear of letting people know what your thoughts are. I want to share with you four thoughts I want to address regarding creativity. Number one. Creativity is the opposite of helplessness. That is the beautiful nature of creativity because it is self-empowerment. It is an off-ramp from the stuckness you may find yourself in. This is why I am a great believer in teaching people how to fish, rather than giving them a fish, as shown through organizations around the world that empower people in the developing world with microloans and startups. The idea behind this is if you can have creativity even in poverty, it gives you options to get an off-ramp out of the helplessness you feel your life is trapped in. Creativity is self-sovereignty. It is an ability to give yourself a way out, to give yourself a new idea. It is a massive empowerment to humans around the world. The process wakes up something inside of you that has you say, you know, I don't have to just lay here and take it. That I do not just have these two options they presented me with because of my skin color or my gender or my age or stage of life or my socioeconomic limitation. I do not have to just say, oh, well, I guess I will just have to just do that choice they're telling me. No. Creativity busts that myth 
and busts those cultural containment ideas that we often grow up with. And creativity says to you, I can do this. Why not me and why not now? This is what eventually happened to J.K. Rowling telling herself, I am a single parent. I am broke. I am lonely. I am on my own. I have no prospects. But her ability to write, her ability to trigger her imagination, when nothing in her surroundings was giving her imagination, she went inward and found this imaginative flow. This is why I believe imagination is a superpower. Because imagination itself is an off-ramp from an awful life you may be stuck in. Because imagination takes you to places and scenarios and ideas that are not where you are and not who you are. And this is what J.K. Rowling did. She imagined the world of Harry Potter. And this creativity gave her a freedom from the helplessness that circumstantially she felt. So creativity... Never just see it as, well, some people have ideas, some people paint paintings, some people start businesses. I'm just not wired that way. No, no. Creativity, the energy and the power of it is a massive self-empowerment which gives you a freedom from isolation and loneliness and poverty and depression and fear and anxiety that fosters this sense of helplessness. So creativity is worthy of our attention. It is an empowerment to humans, yet few people talk about it that way. Every human is creative. Creatives are not a group of people that are odd and weird or are limited to dancers and sculptors and hippies. Every human being is creative, and it is a massive antidote to helplessness. Point number two. Do not quit being creative just because you are not a great lawyer. What I mean by this is that we feel we cannot be creative unless we know how to be a great defense lawyer for why we believe that our idea is a good idea. So we are terrified of pressing send or mailing off the manuscript as in J.K. Rowling's case. We are terrified of setting up a podcast or recording a video to put on social media. We are terrified of committing to the idea, to standing out, to launching something, to writing the song, to performing the song. We fear the kickback, the negativity the judgment. We can tend to rehearse it in our minds, assuming we know what so-and-so is going to think about this, especially what those people close to us will say about it. We can conjure up all sorts of scenarios about how we think people will react to our endeavor. (laughs) Really? Are you kidding me? That's your idea? That's terrible. (laughs) Imagine the brutality of the rejection letters J.K. Rowling got. So metaphorically, Assuming you are going to get massive rejection letters, or rejection in the form of snide remarks like, yeah, well, I told you it was a bad idea, when no one responded, or when you posted your video and it received only 10 views, and you put hours and hours into that product and it only received 10 views, or you had no buyers for your product, or no one showed up, or no one became a follower, or no one came in and bought anything from you on your first day of business, or whatever it may be. The fear of the possibility of that which everybody, quote, warned you about because you do not know how to defend it after your work work has gone live is that people learn how to become a brilliant lawyer and create a massive defense of their creative idea in order to soften the blow of the anticipated criticism. Because we do not feel we are good at defending our work after we have gone public with it, we feel we are wide open to being beaten with the brutality of the kickback. 
because we have not come up with a good comeback. If you consider your work, your craft, your skill set, your interests, your art as a baby, then after you release that baby, you may feel you need to babysit it. And you cannot do that. Once you have let that baby go in whatever way you do that, you just need to realize the time has come for that creativity of yours, that baby, to be released into the world. But if you follow it around like the lawyer trying to defend it from all the resistance it may get, you can become overly attached to your creativity so the moment it is criticized, you get hurt and you take the baby back and you protect it and keep it away from us because whatever the baby suffers, you suffer. The best way to be with creative work is to let it go and walk away. Tell yourself it is what it is. You cannot obsess with how many likes you got on the post, obsess over the comments you got about it, and so forth. Do not stop being creative because you do not know how to effectively defend the child after you have let the world see the child as it were. And do not follow your creative work around trying to be a helicopter parent and defend it. Point number three, mastery is boring. We are not looking for mastery in wherever you are aspiring to be creative. Again, it is easy to assume our creativity has to look like what someone else did. Assume our creativity has to look like the genius that they had. We assume their mastery is the level we all have to attain. I promise you mastery is boring. That is why often in life, forward-thinking organizations do not get locked into what is termed expert think or group think. Experts often do what they do without thinking because they have become experts in what they do. Their need to continue to be creative and improvise is not necessary anymore. So many experts and geniuses have stopped being curious, have stopped growing and flourishing and being creative as humans because they have settled into their expertise. They have qualifications, they have degrees, they are professors or whatever. So they begin to cruise through life, unaware that they are cruising and that they have lost their creativity because they have mastered their thing. The result is that their mastery becomes boring because it stops them from being open and vulnerable and uncertain and pursuant to ever-increasing realms of curiosity about the very thing that you may be brilliant at. That is why I believe that the term best is a poor word to describe what we do about what we do or where we are or to describe our organization because best is not a permanent state. There is always someone coming along who is going to be better than our best. Think of Blockbuster and Netflix and the metaphor described between these two companies. I do not think our creativity should be in pursuit of best. I think better is a permanent state. I can do better. We can do better. I wish I had said that better. Better beats best all day long. I think best presents a false win, and it is an ego word when it comes to creativity. We are not looking for mastery in your effort to remain creative. Mastery is where people settle and become boring. Mastery robs us of continuous creativity. Number four. Resistance is a killer to creativity. 
I think in all of us is resistance, and it is a primary killer of creativity. It lurks beneath the surface and clothes itself in genuine excuses, in genuine reasons why we cannot be creative. For instance, procrastination is one of the greatest forms of resistance to just getting on with whatever the project is by telling ourselves we're not ready. Being ready is overrated. And one of the forms of resistance that we are convincing ourselves about is that we are not ready for whatever is being asked of us. Not being ready might be for lots of reasons that may be genuine. I am not implying to avoid doing your homework. Just choose not to require completing all of next year's homework as a precursor to the activity of being ready. Overthinking it to the point where we never commit, we never post it, we never send it, we never mail it, we never say yes, we never step up, we never go for the interview, we do not ask the guy or the girl for a date, we do not put our hand up and say we can do that because we are in the grip of resistance. Resistance can also come in the form of, I do not have the resources yet. I do not have enough money yet. I do not have enough education yet. I am not good enough. I'm not the right person. I do not live in the right part of town. I'm not the right gender. All of these things that can become part of our internal chatter that creates resistance to doing something. So we never finish up with sharing our creativity with the world because of this thing I am generically calling resistance. I do not know where this lands for you right now or what form it is taking in your life. Maybe you are in pain, going through a divorce, battling an addiction, feeling sad, going through something emotionally, going through a bereavement, been through a breakup, going through a heartbreak, whatever it is can oftentimes become a reason not to start, a reason not to do something. I am calling all these things resistance. I do not want to be insensitive to anything anyone is going through, but I know what pressure and pain and difficulty and sadness does to us, what it does to our creativity. It shuts us down because we believe that we should wait for a better time, a better moment, a better feeling before we can start being creative Again, sometimes weeks, months, and years go by in a person's life before they feel they can give themselves the permission to be creative again. Be aware of resistance in all of its forms, and as they say in sports, play hurt. Top athletes play hurt all the time. I think in a continuing effort to get creativity out of us, we sometimes have to play hurt. Sometimes the best creativity comes out of the pain and suffering that we are going through because it becomes a gift to someone else. Creativity requires courage. Not many people tell us that. Sometimes the courage you have to find to be creative has consequences you may have not imagined. The lives you can touch through your courageous act of choosing to be creative. I hope this has been of help to you, and as always, best to you. Thank you for listening to the Achieving Clarity podcast. We hope you liked it. To hear more tools and strategies to help you in your personal and professional life, subscribe to our podcast. Thank you again.